Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Hey, Wes, just fade it down. Don't get it on my screen. A little bit. Of, give me a little more juice, though. Just a little bit. Thank you. So, Ernie, you recognize that? I do, Roy. I do. <laughs> One of my favorite cuts on the album, man. It's a great album. Yeah, bring it down just a little bit, Wes. You know the words, Ernie? Uh, yeah, kind of. <laughs> I, I bet you do. Tumble and Dice. Yeah. Tumble and Dice. Yeah. And Brown, Brown Sugars. That, that whole album has just got a lot of good stuff on it. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Let me introduce you, ladies and gentlemen, to Ernie Sheffaloo. Um, if, if you're saying, I mean, I've talked about Ernie a fair bit over the last uh, day and day and a half. If you, if you haven't heard of Ernie before today, I guarantee you you've seen us work, a uh, rock music album cover designer who's done, actually been told he's going into the album cover hall of fame class of 2015. Yeah. And this, 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 um, uh, Brown Sugar is the lead track of, uh, an album all Stone fans will recognize, um, Sticky Fingers. And on the cover is that huge, iconic Rolling Stones tongue. And that's your work, Ernie. Yes, it is. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, just, thank you. I just happen to be, uh, I'm very blessed. You know, I happen to be in the right spot at the right time. You know, timing is really everything. And I just happen to be, you know, like I said, in the right spot at the right time with the right stuff. So that really, it all sort of came together, you know, and, and uh, I had... Uh, I think I had mentioned to you before, I, I had gone on an interview to show some stuff that I had done for Jesus Christ. I did the Jesus Christ Superstar album and uh, a couple other things that would get me an interview with this company that just did album covers. And uh, again, you know, I had I had used those lips on another a promotional thing for an international paper company on an album that I had done for them, the first album I ever did. Right. And then uh, and then Jesus Christ Superstar was the second. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you uh, to give us a bit of your chronological story in a second, but just tell us how this, because this, this is so fascinating. Everybody in their mind's eye right now is seeing that Rolling Stones tongue from yeah. Sticky Fingers. So yeah. how did that one happen? Then we'll talk well, chronology. It, it happened uh, like I started to say. I, I was in. A, I went on an interview to uh, to a company that just did album covers. Right. And uh, the guy who owned the company had grown up with Marshall Chess and uh, the, in Chicago, and he had uh, Marshall had been put in in charge of managing the Stones. His dad sold Chess Records to Atlantic Records, and Marshall was now managing the Stones. And turned around to his friend and said, "Hey, you know, I've got uh, I, there's an opportunity here for you to design a logo for the Stones." And at that, within, I guess, a, a few days of that happening, uh, the guy's creative director took very ill, I mean, paralyzed. He had a, a virus, a nerve virus that paralyzed him from the neck down. And so he really needed somebody. And I just happened to be coming into an interview with uh, one album cover to my name, Jesus Christ Superstar. And uh, he was looking at you know, I was showing him the superstar stuff and, and uh, in, in, in the interview, and he said, well, what else have you got? And I had done, before I did Superstar, I had done a promotional album for an uh, international paper company that had a pair of lips on the record label. It was a 33 to 3rd LP, and on the label of, the, of this promotional album that was given to the sales force, I put a pair of lips, and this guy's looking at it, and he's looking at the other stuff, and he goes, you know, and then he tells me the story about how he had been, uh, you know, cha charged with coming up with a logo. And he said, you know, if you took these lips and you put a tongue on the outside of that, 
you know, just go up to my art department. He lived. In, he had a three-story a three-story brownstone in uh, Manhattan on 53rd and Madison, between Madison and Park. And and I went up to his art department on the third floor and took about oh, I don't know 20 minutes, half hour to draw. You know, the lips with the tongue coming out like somebody's sticking the tongue out. And I went back downstairs and he said, "Okay, this is great. You wait here." And uh, so I, you know, I we watched him go off and uh, he went to, to Andy Warhol's factory in lower Manhattan, and met with Marshall, showed Marshall the, the logo. And uh, it took about two hours. I was waiting around and talking to his sales guys, and, and he came back and said, okay, you know, you, you just designed the logo for the Stones. They, you know, Marshall loves it. He's going to show it to them. And, and that's kind of how it happened. And I spent the next uh, couple months, I got a job, you know, for doing that. And, uh, and I spent the next couple months doing all the promotional pieces, uh, posters and belt buckles and roach clips and little cloisonne enamel pens called licks. And we did all this stuff because what had happened was the guy that I worked for gave the logo to the Stones for free. In turn, the, ma- the manager of the Stones gave him the exclusive marketing rights to that logo for one year. And so in that year, we just did everything you could think of with that logo. And that's kind of how it all happened. And then, you know, yeah, and then I went on to, to do some more albums, uh, you know, uh, Cheech and Chong's Big Bamboo. Right. And then I came out to uh, Los Angeles and did the schools out for Alice Cooper. And then I started my own company called Pacific Ioneer. And that was 1972, the January of 1972. And for 14 years, we just did album covers and some corporate America stuff, and I just am now working on uh, album number 221 for a, a Canadian group called the Trailer Park Boys. You know, everybody listening to this program who has any rock music albums at all, of any kind, of any of any format, has got your work. They've got yeah. your work somewhere. Absolutely yeah. have your work somewhere. Well, they'll see, and, and it's so funny when you said if you haven't heard of him, you know, you, you were, nobody ever heard of me because I owned the company and I put the company's name on everything. So every album says Pacific Ear. That was the name of our company. Right. And so I figured it was it was like a brand, you know, promote the brand, not myself, because it was I had a great group of people that worked with me, just incredible young creative people that went on, like I told you before, Drew Struzan uh, did all the Star Wars and Raiders of the Lost Ark movie posters. He's a, the most collected illustrator in the world right now, and we worked together for three and a half years. We did 80 projects. And uh, so it was an interesting time. It was it was changing. The music was coming from the East Coast to the West Coast. Right. You know, with the, with the 60s and, the, you know, uh, San Francisco and Los well, Angeles. Well, yeah. I, I meant to ask you. I was going to suggest to you. You've been doing this for forty years. Well, um, longer, yeah. Nineteen. I started nineteen sixty-nine. Okay, so you've been doing it for uh, $99,209. So almost fifty years you've been doing this, yeah. and and you have to change because the music changes, the styles change, the appetite yeah. changes, the 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 people's what well, people want changes. So you have to change along. As a matter of fact, you have to do better than change. You have to get ahead of the curve. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, one of the things that I always tried to do was to not only just do album covers, I did a lot of corporate work as well for Fortune 50 companies like Nestle and Kraft. I worked 30 years in Bev, all the beer stuff. And what what it does is it keeps you fresh, you know, and you learn that, you know, to make one of the things that made us so popular, because there were only three or four companies that did what we did when we started Pacific Pioneer, was that we tried to really customize each cover that we did 
specifically for the group that we were doing it for and the message that they were trying to convey okay. to create an emotional, you know, I mean, we really, I always look at it like we created a visual emotional connection between okay. the musician and his fans. I have to take and, a break in just a second, but give us a few, give us a few album covers that you particularly liked of the, the ones you've done. You've got over 200, but yeah. give us a, give us a couple of, uh, all uh, right. Well, sticky, you know, stick your finger, uh, the Aerosmith toys in the attic, Cheech and Chong's big bamboo. I did 13 albums for Alice Cooper starting with schools out just did a box set for him last year and uh welcome my nightmare too uh and burton cummings i've done uh seven eight albums for burton cummings and he's my best friend and we're now doing a, a poetry book for him and three videos called rough that we're doing for him and and so you know the doors i mean there's just a lot of a lot of uh ann murray i did two three albums for her melanie you know, it just it goes on and on, and and I, I don't I, I don't really have favorites. You know, I love them all. <laughs> yeah, well, they're like your kids, I guess. Yeah, well, I don't have kids, so those are those are your kids. kids. Yeah, and, yeah, and and sometimes I I have clients that you know when they want me to do something, I'll I'll let them know that you know I'll do something for them, but I want to be involved in it all the way along. It's and they'd say, you know, what do you mean? And I say, well, you know, if you have a kid and I come and get that kid and raise it the way I want and you don't like it, you have nothing to say about it, that's really not pleasing, right? And they'd say, yeah. And I said, well, I don't have any kids, but what I create is my children. And if I create something for you and you take it somewhere else and give it to somebody and they mess it all up, it's very painful. Yeah. Ernie, so, do, do, do the artists ever get engaged to get involved in this? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, always. And that was one of the other things that we really separated us from everybody else was that we had every one of the groups that we did work for, except for maybe three covers, were done for the groups, never did stuff for the record companies. And we had personal relationships with them. I mean, we became friends, you know, and... Who do you, know, who do you remember? Who do you, who do you remember who really you know, made an impression on you, the artists that you worked with? Alice Cooper yeah. and Burton Cummings, those two. Yeah. Alice was amazing. I mean, I just, and Black Sabbath, I mean, I got my own private concert with them on Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath. That was another great cover that we did. Uh, but uh, Alice was amazing. I mean, I, uh, the first time I saw him, there were people passing out in the audience and screaming and yelling. He got his head <laughs> cut off. People were, you know, and Shep Gordon was brilliant. He had nurses and doctors yeah, yeah. on call right there in the auditorium. I, you know, yeah. I have to take a break. I have to take a break. I just want to, I want Wes to play a little bit of of Alice Cooper right now. Yeah, play, right. Us into, play us into the break, Wes. There you go. Thanks, Roy. All right. Just saying it, Burton Cummings really is one of the best of all time. Really is one of the greatest of all time. Fantastic voice, great musician, fabulous songwriter, and even though they're not the best of friends these days, from what I understand, he and Randy Bachman did some outstanding, iconic music. Uh, your best buddy, eh, Ernie? Yeah, Ernie Cheffley with us. We've been friends since 1972 when I did Artificial Paradise for him. 
You know, it was uh, it was was the first day we met. I mean, and that was a crazy cover. I mean, and none of the other band knew what was going to happen. You know, Burton had just flown them all here to Los Angeles, and we did the photo shoot, and they had no idea what was going on. It was a crazy photo shoot, and the album was came out really amazing. It was a great record as well, but I loved the package, and we became friends. We became instant friends, and we've been friends ever since, you know, and I've, you know, and, and I've done so many things for him, and he wanted to be on the show today. I did talk to him earlier uh, before the show started, and he said uh, to, for me to tell you that he will come on the show uh, and I'm going to give you contact information, and you can set up. He's doing a lot of touring. Oh, that's great. And stuff, but but he wanted me to also let you know that uh, we just did two new posters for him, uh, a, a, a portrait that I did of him, uh, and uh, the inside of the um, American Woman album on this on the inside spread. There's a there's all these pictures of it's like a collage of of all the different guys in the band with their moms as little kids. And it was ghosted back, and lyrics were printed over it. And Burton found the original, and he had us put it in a, into a print. And he's going to have both these prints at his concerts. But he wanted me to he sign. He's going to sign ones to you, and I'm, I'm going to sign them as well. And for you to have some kind of a contest when he comes on or whatever you want to do, you know, he wanted you to have those and, and to let you know that he wants to come on the show. Oh, I appreciate without that. Me. That'd be great. <laughs> yeah. We'll have you on too. That's great. I, yeah, I remember, well, you know, it's, but I was it's so funny because, you know, when he did the Orleans, uh, I don't know, about three or four months ago, I, I always stand in the wings and he gets mad at me because he wants me to be out front so I can hear, but I like being in the wings. So it makes me feel like I'm part of the group. So he actually had me come out the first time, you know, <laughs> he ever did that. I came out and he introduced me and said a bunch of stuff and, Nice. It was really cool, but what did it, you know? Well, you deserve it. You're in. You're entering the album cover hall of fame, class of 2015. You've made the best album cover design firms top ten list, best right. album cover designers top ten list. Right. You've you've done some of the most incredibly iconic work. Play a little bit of uh, Superstar, Wes. I just want to hear uh, that. Yeah, that's a what a great album that was. Jesus Christ, yeah. How did that come about, uh, Ernie? How did you get the Superstar uh, gig? Okay, well, basically what had happened was I had a very aggressive headhunter. Take it out, Wes. Um, I had a very aggressive headhunter that would leave me. In those days, a headhunter could place you in a place, and then after a certain amount of time, you could leave, and he wouldn't have to pay any of the finder's fee money back. So he moved me around a couple times and would leave me just long enough. And then he called me one time and said, hey, you know, there's this opportunity, uh, an agency uh, on Madison Avenue, and I always wanted to work on Madison Avenue, uh, it has lost their two creative directors and are leaving the company, and he has an account that they have agreed to a shootout over. Uh, what had happened is this agency uh, had two art directors directors that worked there and he had all these amazing accounts but Decca Records was like the only music account he had and these two guys had done a bunch of the album cover stuff and they befriended the uh, internal creative director at Decca and they were leaving the agency and taking that account with them. Uh, the owner of that agency had 
personal friendship with the vice president over at DECA and got DECA to agree to a shootout. His agency against these two guys' new agency. And um, so uh, I went to the interview, and, and after seeing the place, I mean, it was a great place and everything, but the guy was an ex-Marine sergeant, and he was a little crazy, and everything was just like being in the Army. And I thought, oh, man, I don't want to work here. This is really terrible. I mean, it was on the, 50, on the uh, 34th floor of the New York Life Building facing uptown. It was amazing, right. whole half of the building, and, but it was just not where I, what I wanted. And so, uh, and I didn't know about, really, about what the shootout was going to be. I didn't really know the story, but when he asked me, after looking at the portfolio, he sat back in his chair and he said, okay, well, you know, what are we talking about as far as money? So I blurted out, I think, 30000 more than I would normally want, and he sort of, like, looked at me and said, well, you know, it's a bit more than we're looking for uh, to pay, uh, but thanks for coming in. And so I was, I walked out of there and just like, yes, I was elated, you know. Right, right. You didn't want the gig, yeah. I didn't want the gig, but now I had to explain to my wife why I didn't get it, because my headhunter had already pumped her up, like, they're going to want him, and this is going to be it. Yeah, yeah. by the time I got home to Brooklyn, uh, as soon as she answered the door, she said, Mr. Levitt called. It was Levitt's agency, and, and he wants you to call him. And I called him up before I even had a chance to tell her what happened. And he said, you know, I talked to my, my partner, and, and we're willing to pay you that money. And it's like, oh, man. <laughs> so he had me come in the next day. Uh, it was a Saturday, and he explained to me the situation. Monday we went to uh, a, a creative briefing from the creative director at DECA, and the other guys had already had a weak jump on and it. I'm, had, I have about 20 seconds, Ernie. Okay. And uh, so anyway, uh, I showed what I did, and they bought it, and, uh, you know, that I designed those angels and that cover, and then that's what got me off to the Rolling Stones song. It's like this never-ending chain. Well, congratulations to you, my friend. What a great career, and it continues. Ernie Cefalo entering the Album Cover Hall of Fame. I had a chance to meet Andrew uh, Lloyd Webber and Tim Rice. Did the first interview with them when I was 23 years of age. First sort of substantial interview that they did. Juan Rodriguez of the Montreal Star and I flew to New York to meet with them. And uh, Tim Rice and I stayed in touch for years after that, and uh, we'd send, in the days of snail mail, send each other yeah. the occasional card or, or letter. But what a terrific career, and I, I love the covers. Uh, you've added substance to my album collection, Ernie. All the very best, and we'll talk again. Okay, thank you, Roy. I really appreciate it. Congratulations, Ernie Chefalo. We'll come thank back you. and wrap things up right after this. All right. Thank you.